0: Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode, and this week we're watching a science fiction classic that's turning ten years old. That's right, District 9 is 10 years old and everyone just felt that little bit more arthritis set into their bones. I'm joined by two guests, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Dr. Sarah Curtis. How are you, Sarah?
1: I'm very good and very doctory today, Stephen.
0: Excellent. Uh, you've not seen District 9.
1: I know. I don't understand why I've not seen this film.
0: Um, what do you know about the film, then? I'm curious.
1: Um, it's really gritty. Science fiction. Um, South African Yes um, Lots of cool accents um, There's aliens So
0: far you're pretty much 100% um, uh, I feel like I,
1: I've perfect seen scores so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm doing so good mm. I feel like I've seen A bit of a scene um, Where there's a shootout
0: Cool. So that's about it. That's all I know. Excellent. So you're expecting some aliens, some South African accents and some pew pew pew.
1: I'm excited for the pew pew pew.
0: Excellent. Well, you should be. Uh, District 9, uh, I have to uh, admit, um, I saw in cinemas when it first came out. And I loved it, but I've not rewatched really it since then. So I am really curious to see how it holds up. Um our guest who has seen the film, uh, it's Dean. Love it, everybody. Hello. Dean. All right, hold your applause, please. <laughs> oh no, no. Quiet down, everyone, quiet. Oh,
2: shush over there. Stop yeah. throwing those underpants. Now, oh, golly.
0: Dean, yes. um when we put together the the films that we're doing, um mm. you know, guests occasionally come in and they say, Oh, I'd really like to do this film. <laughs> Uh, I have a note that's almost as old as this podcast series that just says, Dean, brackets, District 9, close brackets.
2: It's, uh, I think, I can't think of anything that would beat it. It's still my number one most favourite film. Yeah. Mm. So Um, this
0: is your favourite film? Yes, Mm.
2: in so much as I can't think of anything else that can beat it. I'm not a... Mm. I'm open to <laughs> something else, but I can't think of anything else that I'd I'd put up there as just a, such a top tier film.
0: So in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way. Mm, yes.
2: Cause I don't want to, let's, let's establish that. I don't want to, I want Sarah to come in cold. Yeah. Cause I remember one of the best things about it when I first watched it, uh, in the cinemas, similar to you, uh, I had no idea. I, mm. and there was a lot of moments that I was like, what, 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 <laughs> uh, so I think it's a great way to come in. So let's be careful. But yeah, go on.
0: Uh well what, all I'm just gonna ask is in that vague, non spoilery sort of way. Um, what is it that you most enjoy about this film?
2: It's just kind of everything good sci fi should be, I think. It's really well made. I mean the, the it's incredibly unique world yet still very allegorical for, you know, um Johannesburg. Uh, South Africa, like, and as good sci-fi should be, I think there should be some sort of, you know, reflection of real life in there. But it's also very unpredictable. Um, The characters are real rather than cookie-cutter cutouts. Mm. It's just kind of, it's just well-made. Yeah, uh, Blomkamp
0: at his best, you know. Excellent. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch the film? Okay.
1: Oh yeah, okay, if we must, yeah, sure, why not? Let's
2: just let's just say we watched it and come back.
1: And then I'll tell you everything I think about it yeah. based on not watching it.
0: Let's just make up a film. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry guys. I am gonna make them watch the film. For those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs and prepare yourself a nice hot dish of cat food as we prepare to watch District Nine.
1: I'm not that hungry.
0: I'll take some cat food. <laughs> Here you go. Num, 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 num. Mm. It's so believable. <laughs> Theatre <laughs> of the Airwaves! <laughs> and welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching District 9. Yeah. By we, I of course mean Dean Lovett. Yep, yeah, hello. And Dr. Sarah Curtis. What's so- Doctor. So, Dr. Sarah, uh, that was your first time watching District 9. What did you think?
1: Well, it was super weird. I liked it. Um, (laughs) It was one of those films where I sort of came in knowing enough to know that it was going to be interesting and weird, Hmm. uh, but not knowing enough to to still be surprised by things. or not surprised by things, I think, but still going, oh, okay, this is where they're taking this. Hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it was really interesting, especially... Given the way they framed it, I quite liked the, um, the sort of documentary style and the way they had the Joe Schmo average office guy mm. do some really shady things as office guy. And then, sort of, the more alien he became, the sort of better person he became, I guess. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, this is a, uh, Vicus uh Vandermeer. I'm presuming that's how. Well, that's how I'm going to say it because yes. that's how it's spelled. Um. Not viscous. Yeah. Not viscous. Although he did become viscous yes, at one point. And um. On, and many occasions. But yeah, Vicus. This um. Yeah. This sort of just pencil pusher who's mm. in charge of this important job of relocating these, these illegal aliens, literally illegal aliens from uh District Nine to this new District Ten that they've got set up, which. Is conceivably worse. Um, I, I think the framing around this film was was the thing that really drew me in first time watching mm. it, and uh, rewatching it for the first time in a while, um, as I imagine you are as well, Dean. Yes, it's still such a great hook to get you into that into that story.
2: Well, I, I definitely, upon um, watching it, there was a lot more uh, foreshadowing than I remember. Mm. You know, the you know because uh, they do the found footage stuff. And it's like they're talking about oh, what he did and they're constantly talking about Vickers uh, and they, they you know, they foreshadow the uh, control module ship um, at the start. But, so this is why, one of the big reasons why I wanted to say nothing. I wanted you to know nothing. Uh, I genuinely, when I first watched it, I also knew nothing. Uh, I thought Vickers was like an opening I didn't think he was the main character. Yeah, same. I was like, there's no way this guy's the main character. He's so nothing. He's so blah, you know? Mm. And I honestly thought, like, they dragged it out a bit. But when he's in the hospital and they're about to cut him up, I was like, okay, this will be the... Now we'll cut to the start of the story. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, And on rewatching, I was like, that's a long time for me to be like, oh, now here we go with the story. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so good <laughs> well, well he's an interesting protagonist yeah. uh, vickers because because he seems quite human he is deeply flawed yeah. um, That's the best part of and, and not even like those you know positive flaws where it's kind of like oh, you're human after all it's like no he's he's someone who's working in a bureaucratic yes. environment who's um you know the the beneficiary of nepotism when his father-in-law mm-hmm. puts him in charge of this task force to deliver the the uh, eviction notices um, he's 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 racist. He's, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he,
2: allegorically racist.
0: He's allegorically racist. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. He's he's fine with humans. He's uh, selfish. Yeah.
2: He's he's cowardly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, with the bullet vester, it's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. You won't need one. He said, putting on the only one in the in the van, and he kind of, I quite kind of like the fact that, despite the fact that he does decent things or that he he modifies his actions based on learning that oh the MNU are, mm. are really not good. Oh, I yeah. still I still kind of yeah. like that he was still pretty consistently a dickhead throughout like yeah. when he hit he Christopher forward. Johnson. I mean that that was the whole
2: point. And, and it's one of the reasons why I think he's such an excellent protagonist is that I looked at him and I was like, oh no, this is the guy that gets killed, mm. and then mm. the real hero shows up. You know, like mm. uh, Joe Handsome, Mick Courage, you know,
0: or um, uh, Kubis, whoever the head of the security was, the Stone Cold oh. Steve Austin lookalike.
2: God, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. He had such a good arc as well because it was like the first thing he needed to do was overcome his cowardice. You know mm. what I mean? And then he found his wrath, and then it was like he needed to kind of then learn compassion and it, it, it's just considering the the just the extreme pace of the film uh from kind of after that establishing you know from from the time he starts getting sick it just it's just screams through mm. um even though the, you know it takes a while but you know but the pacing's high uh he just this is such a good character after him you know what i mean mm.
1: and all the mistakes he made you can sort of sit there and go yeah if this was like the action hero character mm. they wouldn't be making these mistakes and they'd be like shooting their way through things heroically. Mm. This guy, he's just making dumb decision after dumb decision, and you're mm. just kind of like, Well, I can see how badly this is gonna end mm. And yeah, it it ends pretty badly for him every time he makes those decisions. Three um,
2: years, don't worry. It's only three years.
0: <laughs> yeah. And because of the nature of the storyline as well, with him being one of the few well, the only human character that can then utilize the alien weaponry, mm. I thought it was quite a clever way to play with the fact that you're action protagonists tend to be a little bit overpowered or, or OP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made s- sense contextually that he was overpowered because he was the only one that could use these super-advanced explode-you-with-lightning weapons. Yeah. Um, Obviously,
2: the, the, the aliens could too. I mean, you got to... Yeah, I'm nitpicking. <laughs> I'm like, why don't the prawns just pick up those guns and, like, sort shit out, you know?
1: Well, I mean, there seem to be—I mean, allegorically, if you're thinking mm. about okay, so you're yeah. in a hostile environment, you're yeah. surrounded by. So, so you might be in the millions, but you know the people around you are in the billions.
2: Yeah, they're not organized.
1: Yeah, they're not organized, and you know they—they they have their own code that they live by. Mm.
0: Yeah, we we know very little about the alien species. I mean, mm. they're they're, col- they're collectively just referred to as the bronze, mm. and even I feel I feel like that name is only used um, because. As they say, they look like them. But it's, it's a racial epithet. Mm. Um, but we don't know anything about where they're from other than their planet has seven moons.
1: Which is interesting because obviously they went to the effort to learn the language. Like mm. they can communicate and yet they don't bother communicating. Yeah. Mm. I, Which I... is so normal.
0: But it's fascinating as well. How yeah, when they're there doing their conversation, and you've got you know Vickers and everyone else going, yes, you know they understand them, but they don't. They comprehend them. They don't understand them. That's that. I thought that was really fascinating. Um, and and looking at the culture that they've developed, but it, it's maybe not a true reflection of what that the the prawns culture is because we're seeing them in this in this refugee context. We're seeing them literally slumming it because and you know they turned up and they were all sick and malnourished we don't know what they were running from but obviously it was bad mm. um for them to be in that situation or if they
2: were just if they were running from something or maybe they were just Stranded for some reason Yeah, um,
0: and I, I thought that whole setup where we see like the almost like the camcorder footage Because it was mm. in the 80s when the ship arrived of, of them breaking in and finding all the prawns in the, um, yeah. in the ship it was, It's just so well set up It's, it's yeah. beautifully set up
1: So an interesting thing happened while watching Especially at the beginning and when they were sort of cutting to the second camp um, District 10 yep. When I was in Prague, I went to the Prague Quadrónio and there was this one thing where, cause it's all about performance art. And there was this one uh, place I went to where basically you'd sign up to go to this camp. Mm. Um, and you had to like put in all this really weird information and you'd get ushered onto a bus with the windows completely blacked out. It was terrifying. Like you were driven on this bus, maybe like mm. 10 people mm. um, through the city of Prague, feeling like you're about to go get executed. Like mm. it was freaky And then you get taken to this island where you are introduced to this camp Mm. where the aliens are. And basically, um, there's two ways you could do it. Either you could do the way I did during the day where you just walk through the camp and it's literally tense. And it's them trying to sort of explain human culture to the aliens. Mm. Or you can do a six-hour-in-the-middle-of-the-night version, which I did not do, where these people were dressed up as the aliens. And it was like this weird experimentation thing. It was supposed to be hopeful, I think, from the context Mm, I could figure out. But the fact that I was in this really shitty-looking, run-down, refugee-concentration-camp-almost vibe going on, like, you could, like smell how disgusting it was and i'm just walking around this place going i'm not sure what point you're trying to make Mm. but i mean i'm getting all the negatives here and going yeah these places are bad Mm. you know let's do something about it and from the reading about it that's not what they were trying to say at all but all i could think was Mm. yeah segregation like this is terrible and you know
2: and i think that's why District 9 is so perfectly placed because it's in South Africa, mm. in Johannesburg. Very crime-ridden, but it's, I mean, very clearly a metaphor for apartheid, you mm. know, just, and, and so it's, it's almost off, so obvious it's beating you over the head. But then when, the, when you actually see it in effect and the way that, the way that they like, they, t- they call them prawns mm. and like you as a viewer, are like, you know, yeah, they're prawns because uh, they're like, oh, they look like them. And you, the viewers like, well, okay, yeah, they do look like them. You know, um, they show their technology and stuff. And it's, it's gross. You know, it's, mm. they show these, uh, the, the, the birthing pods, the, the babies. Mm. Um, and you look, first look at you like, that is disgusting. Mm. And then you kind of take a step back outside of yourself for a moment and go, hang on, they're killing they're literally using a flamethrower to kill a bunch of babies. Yeah,
1: they're literally saying, let's abort them. Let's, yeah. You know. But and they they horrifying. make this lovely
0: noise like popcorn. It's it's yeah. so fun. They're uh-huh. so
2: detached. And you also, as the viewer, are almost a little detached yourself because they're so human. Mm. And I remember uh, watching an interview with Shalto Copley when they were talking about it. And he was talking about the fact that, like, the aliens were very hard to animate and to hard to CGI, um, which I think the CGI holds up. It's not perfect these it's days. It's pretty good. It's, right. but it's, I'll it's be honest, pretty, for it's 10 pretty, years old. A f- I, only a few moments where I was like, mm, it's a yeah. little old. Um, but it was very good. Uh, no, he talked about how he, he wanted them to be so, not grotesque, but so different and, and off-putting. Hmm. Um, so that when they would do that stuff, that was clearly like, "This is what people do in the real world because they're racist," uh, you know. Uh, y- but you would watch him be like, "Oh, you know, they're aliens, they're weird creatures that can rip your arm off in a second. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so it's like almost you know, like you're scared of the. It just perfectly fits.
0: Yeah, and I think it's. I think that is part of the reason why this film was was so well received critically mm. as well, and I think it's arguably. More important ten years on than it was previously because there are more detention centres in in the real world in lots of different places being enacted and it's important to you know have that have that as a factor you know it, it is a, it is a factor in our modern world and to mm. have these stories discussing the fact that. These sorts of places can and often do lead to abuses of power mm. and um, unnecessary cruelty, mm. and I think this film does a really good job of showcasing that in a fun veneer of science fiction.
2: Mm. I mean, that's all. I mean, I think the best science fiction should have some sort of message behind it or some sort of mm. allegory, basically. Yeah, and I think this does just mm, so well.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's one of the things that's really fascinating is the fact that it's in South Africa as well. Not mm. not just mm. for the, uh, obviously, apartheid uh, references, but but for the fact that...
1: It's not America.
0: Well, one, well, it's not yeah. America. And they even make a point well, of saying that, where it's like the ship didn't appear over New, New York or yeah. London or somewhere. It's like it's over Jayburg. It's over Johannesburg. Uh,
2: I, and I, I Obviously, that's because Sheldon Coppola is South African mm. uh, and he wanted to make it. But he actually, it was originally based off um, a pitch that he made uh called i think it was aliens in joburg or something uh and it was similar where he just wanted to kind of capture that the vibe i guess um of johannesburg uh with aliens involved uh and it evolved into the full script mm. and i just think it fits so perfectly it, it, and you think about like i was i was just thinking about like we talked about how Vickers was not a great person he kind of really redeems himself in the end i like to think um maybe not perfectly but a little
1: because you see yourself in him don't you <laughs> <laughs> no. Jesus!
0: In Fuck fairness, you. Dean does have one alien prawn hand. Yes, uh, so it is. Um, <laughs> representation matters, guys. I cut
2: off the thumb. Um, yeah, like you think about him, but then you actually start comparing him to every other person mm. in the movie, with the exception of maybe Vickers' wife. You're just like, they're all
1: terrible. Mm. Like I mean, from she's not f- particularly good either. Oh, she's she, she's okay. She
2: doesn't get much screen time. Yeah. The main reason why I'd say she's not horrible is because we don't get to see her much. But like the dad, oh my goodness. Mm. Uh, obviously all our militaries and all our business people. And then even the people who were like, his friends just were like, oh no, he's dead to me now. Mm.
0: You know, it just... I well, think
1: that was his father who uh, said that. His,
0: his father said that. He had, um, well, he had his one friend, Um, I think it was... Thomas the guy who's in the orange jumpsuit at the end because he yeah, leaked he, that information. He
2: well, he he wasn't actually a friend. He was literally uh He's the assistant. He was yeah, he was the the, the new recruit basically. Yeah. He was going to take who over his old the, job. Um... So presumably they knew each other, but he wasn't like I don't know, a close friend. I mean, good on him. But then like they're so cleverly they don't even make a big deal out of it. They're just like right at the end because they showed him in the orange jumpsuit mm. at the start of the film and I remember clocking it and being like oh. Yeah, I was waiting uh, for that to And it's happen. so innocuous where it's just like you just you, and you just know that even though he's just revealed all these horrible secrets, mm-hmm. he's 100% going to go to jail. And again, uh, for a long time.
0: Weirdly prescient uh, yes. <laughs> of the mm-hmm. film. Um uh, yeah, it's. I think it is interesting the way that basically all the humans are shown to be scum. Uh, yeah, quite and- and I think it works really well. One of the ways that I think is worth touching on, though, is uh, the the Nigerians who are very much the the third group yeah. in this um, who are essentially now. It's interesting because they're just referred to as the Nigerians, but mm. they're gangsters who are sort of using the slum uh, to to generate uh, their their businesses. They're yes. they're buying alien tech for cat food because you know the 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 aliens like cat food, mm. um, but. I, it's a, it's a controversy I remember from the time uh, that this film is. I don't know if it's banned in Nigeria, but it's certainly very heavily frowned upon because, no. because the way that this film depicts them, it's not that saying oh these are Nigerian gangsters. They're called the Nigerians, mm. and they say that Nigerians perform cannibalism and are criminals and do yeah, it's prostitution. Not representation, and but... I d- I just found it strangely tone deaf. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's partly because it's a South African film and this is. Oh. Perhaps the way I that
2: it's, in- I think it's just how Shylo Copley writes his bad guys. Yeah, if you've seen any of his movies, his bad guys are bad. Guys. Yeah,
0: it, it just felt really weird to label that, essentially label an entire nation as as baddies. I it, mean, do they?
2: I heard him reference them as the Nigerians once. You know, there
1: are a couple of it, times, yeah. and the fact mm. that the head Nigerian baddest of the bad bad guys mm. was disabled. I mean, a really interesting character, but... Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: Ob- I think he was very much... Uh, he was one note, but I
0: also think... It was a good note.
2: It was a very good... Oh, man, he's, he's a great He's a great sub-villain. You um, know, just
0: the, I told you you'd come back to me, and he's just there resting, Obis Sanjo, just there resting yeah. on his hand and going, I'm going to eat your arm now. Yeah. He was very, very relaxed. Something,
2: I mean, I don't know. I'm not defending it. But I'm also trying to think of like how much could how much time could you really didn't devote to fleshing out his character. Well,
0: it, well uh, re- imagine this film, but instead right. of Nigerians, it was the Australians, and it was a bunch <laughs> of like <laughs> that'd
1: be great.
2: Well, that's called Chappy. Uh, <laughs> Hugh not Jackman is Chappie. the bad guy in okay. Chappie. Yeah, they have the whole thing is that Hugh Jackman is the only Australian in the film, and he's like he's the one who wants the big uh, big destroyer robot instead of the small okay. little robot. Yeah, Uh, Hugh Jackman. They give him a horrible uh, mullet and, like, bucket cut. And I remember, like, someone watching the film being like, yeah, you can't (laughs) un-ugly. You can't ugly up Hugh Jackman. He's still Hugh Jackman.
0: Yeah, but, like, if this had been a gang of, like, you know... Australians walking around in like, you know, board shorts and bintang tops and yeah, going a, give us your arm, mate. Yeah, and yeah, and saying that we all believe in witchcraft, you know, kinda of going, Oh yeah, nah, give us a throw yeah. throw a shrimp on the Barbie. Let's yeah, go. Right, yeah, checking um, out the shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah, if that was like you you could probably Where the bloody hell are you? Yeah. But
1: see the thing with that is that I don't know, I think if again you're using that sort of Australian language, yeah. It mm-hmm. comes across as humorous.
2: Yeah.
0: Well
1: like it would be some sort of weird twisted comedy I mean
2: it's, it, it's...
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's partly yeah. because Again, partly because the the fact that all these characters Who were from this very specifically named part of the world mm. And the fact they were all portrayed as being gangsters, prostitutes And people that believed in cannibalism based mm. witchcraft mm. I think that's why it kicked it, up a stink
2: I don't know what the actual political climate is In South Africa If there is a an element I don't
0: know Like an anti-Nigerian sentiment?
2: Perhaps. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Nigeria is known for, at least as far as I know, they're known for piracy, uh, modern day piracy, one of the most prevalent countries in the world
0: with it. Mm. Is there something there? Uh, the, the main things I know about Nigeria are obviously the Nigerian football team, because I right. quite like football, and they're yes. not bad. They're not great, but they're not bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the fact that Nigeria has one of the largest film industries in the world. It's Yeah, it's, yeah, Nollywood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's referred to as Nollywood. Mm. It's um, And it's very, very Fantastic. populous. And that's why it just seems so strange that for a film mm. to go ooh, there's there's a massive film industry I'm going to anger was, was, here. Well, this
2: was 10 years ago. No, Nollywood didn't exist back
0: then. Oh it was it was around but it wasn't it was not, not it was still degree. growing. It's it just, was still growing. In
2: the last 5 years it's just become insane. Yeah. Um I don't know. I,
0: I, yeah I really don't know on that one. Mm. It's just, it, the thing is, is for, for my re-watching of it, because first time around watching it as a 19-year-old in the cinema, unaware of, um, you know, uh, African uh, nationhood yeah. rivalries, I guess, I didn't sit there and go, ooh, that seems a bit off. But this yeah, time watching uh, it, I was like, why why do you have to name them specifically the Nigerians? It just seemed, it just seems a bit, a bit off. But yeah, but at the same time, it's also... Mm. it's not an important part of the film, but at the same time it is because... Well,
2: I mean, I can say is the first time watching it, second time watching it, mm. you know, all the way up till today. I never clocked that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was younger. But even, you know, today when I watched it, I didn't... I
0: mean, if it was literally the British, it. if it was like a British gang that were all there just going like, oh, yeah, give you your arm. Hello, governor. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's a lovely arm you got there, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Actually, again, it gets comical. It so... gets so
1: comical when you do it that way. Yeah.
0: For the queen! <laughs> Because,
1: I I, again, it's it's taking the piss out of an entire group of people. And I suppose when you're taking the piss out of, say, the Australians or the British, yeah. you're like, mm, they need that.
0: Yeah, you're punching up. Yeah, yeah. but
1: when you're sort of, you know... Someone like Nigeria. Yeah, you know, it gets, I mean, it's super racist. Mm. Mm.
0: Um, that m- Moving on from that, though, one of the things that I quite enjoy about this film, because, to be honest, that's the only major criticism I have of the film mm. is is that bit just felt a bit tone deaf mm. I really think that what this film does well is the veneer that it builds over itself of these these weapons which make people explode and the way mm. it's shot some of the perspectives um mm. Mm. used you know like looking down a gun barrel and then the reverse one where it's moving with the gun but there's no way you can see that the camera would be attached it's just all these shots that make remind you that you're watching something that's being filmed but in the best possible way.
2: Well, there, there, was, um, there was that point that I specifically... I, I, I even said something when it happened. Uh, the One of the guys gets his head blown up or whatever, and mm. they, they, he becomes a, a balloon full of meat and viscera, mm. as pretty much all of them do when they get killed by the alien weapons. Uh, and you literally watch as the camera tilts away as it explodes from the explosion, and then his blood and guts land on the camera. Mm. And it's one time. Mm. And it was this moment of like... They just broke the fourth wall there. Like, they just went, there's a camera here, folks. But I didn't care because it was such a good visceral well, moment. It did
1: happen a couple of times. Yeah. It's, like, it's, there are a few explosions where the camera did jolt back. Because
2: <laughs> the way he shoots it, and this has kind of become a little bit of a cheeky way that people poke fun at Blomkamp since he kept doing it, uh, is he uses that news exposition a lot. Mm. Um, and it seems like the way the film is originally, it starts off, it's like, this is all... Interviews, found footage, you know, um, security cameras, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And then it very slowly, within the first maybe 20 minutes or so, switches over to more of a shaky cam style. Like a
0: Paul Greengrass, Jason Bourne style.
2: Yeah, Um. like a held hand camera. And it's almost like you never realize, you never can quite clock the point at which we're no longer watching the fictional documentary about Mm -hmm. what happened. And we're just watching the movie. And I don't know, like... Like, Blomkamp definitely gets some guff for it with his later movies, which sadly weren't as good as District 9. But in that moment, it, just, it was so perfectly made that I didn't care. Because like, when you see the, the, the viscera land on the screen, I'm like, okay, well, there's two... If I don't break immersion with this, I have to assume that that means this entire movie has been followed by a cameraman. Mm. And at which point, what a hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cameraman is the true hero. <laughs> it turns out Vickers has just got to... A loyal cameraman that's mm. followed him all the way through the when he almost got dissected all the way.
0: Well, for, for you, Sarah, as a first-time watcher, did you find the use of camera techniques to be immersive, or did you find that it took you out of the film?
1: I mean, I noticed them, but then I have half a film degree, mm. so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't finish it. I dropped out. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, see, it's not always up with to Doctor. And sometimes you got to, like, go sideways a bit.
0: Mm. But, but it didn't take you out of the film? It didn't,
1: because I, I was noting it and I was enjoying it. Because, again, mm. at the, mm. for the first 20 minutes, I was sitting there going, okay, how are they going to do the rest of the film? Are they going to do the whole film like this and really frame it and shape it like a documentary? Mm. Um, are they going to sort of have different... Like had no body cams in yeah. like had suits and things and like that. And there was that. times
2: where it would be cameras on the guns, cameras on the the individuals. There was a quite a few shots of just from Vickers' perspective, mm. you know, through his eyes. Uh, I don't know. It's I'm just like I can't clock in my mind when it switched to.
1: Well, it's, it was about twenty minutes in um, because you can you can see when they shift from having the logo mm-hmm. to they get rid of the logo. Um, um, for just a couple of scenes and the logo comes back and it's in and out for a little mm. while until you have a really long stretch with no logo. It's just film. Mm. And that's obviously when he's being dissected and on the run because mm. it's not the sort of thing that you know, you're know mm. you going to have a cameraman following him around. Well, well we
2: don't know that. There might mm. be a very Could've dedicated been. cameraman. Mm.
1: But it's also interesting, again, the way that shifted the framing. At the beginning, mm. you're super against him. You think he's like this guy who's mm. just going to die straight away. You think, you know, again, everyone's talking about this terrible thing he did and how Mm. awful it is. And it's a good thing he's dead and all of that. And then you go into the mainstream movie and Mm. you start to feel a bit more for him. And it's Mm.
2: almost like it's it's that point at which, like, it switches to his perspective. Yeah. Like, you're in his shoes and you feel that tension of, like, Run.
0: Run! Yeah, and District 9 I think is maybe the best example of a film feeling like two films mm. because the first half of the film does feel almost a like a quasi-comedy uh, science fiction documentary mm. and the second half of the film is a fantastic Naughty's action film. Mm. Uh, like, it's, it's just so interesting how those two sections are blended where you almost mm. don't see the join.
2: When he first, you know, when, when he picks up the gun uh, for the first time and he's don't look at me You know. Uh and like I still I remember you turned to Sarah and you're like, It gets good. Yeah, and I was like, Yeah like I kind of had that click in my mind I was like, it really does. It this is the point in the movie where it starts delivering on the high concept action fantasy of sci-fi mm. like that fun of like alien weapons and yeah. giant mech suits and yeah. you know
0: it didn't necessarily have to even make sense that it's like why did the nigerians all the prawns have this mech suit lying mm. around and not used it it's it's mm. to be used for the purposes of the film
1: well it was interesting because watching that i was kind of waiting for like this big um conspiracy um with the aliens like mm. um our the our hero alien um, had you know secretly been setting things up, and so like he had set up that mech suit to be there mm. um, for when he needed it. Right. Um, hmm. And so I was Maybe. waiting for this to be a big reveal where he was masterminding things.
0: I mean, the character mm. of Christopher Johnson, I think, is is pretty pretty interesting as well. I mean, Sarah, obviously, the first time viewer, um, Christopher Johnson is is my favorite character from the film. And, and, the kid. and really, yeah, yeah, him and the kid. Because, because why? The thing I really enjoy about it—it's—it's it's my favorite character, not from the text perspective, but from a performance perspective. Mm. How they were able to create that with entirely CGI characters, with yeah. um, and they the, didn't do motion capture. It's yeah, and the fact that it's um, the same voice actor who's doing the sounds for all the all of the um, prawns. Shalto couple wasn't it? Uh, no, it was a different guy. I've got his name in the notes. Okay. Um, but I know
2: Shalto did one other voice. I can't remember what. Yeah,
0: it was. Um, but yeah, the the fact that it's. It's this performance that, of all these disparate parts Mm. which creates a character that I I find, at least in my watching, I fully believe in. And I think Mm. it's... We've had CGI characters before. Obviously, you know, like Jar Jar Binks was the big notable one from Phantom Menace 10 years before this. Mm. But I feel as though this film is one of the first films that actually really nails having a character portrayed by Mm. such disparate elements. I think...
2: I really like his character. Let me let me start with that. But he I just don't ultimately I find him to be very one-note. Um which is a good note. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is it's it's bizarre when you're sitting there like he's like what's his character trait? He's a good guy and he wants what's best for his kid and he's trying to save his family and he's mm. going to do the right thing and you're watching it like that's I mean that's it. He has no character arc. He has no journey and he doesn't need it because uh, it's not what the movie's not following him. Mm. Uh and in, so in that regard I'm like, well, he's a bit just there mm. uh, but I also think yeah I agree with you like you feel for him and the kid
0: oh the kid the kid is cute the kid's right? a genius too a genius kid yeah and he's just Show there the going day. like how, how many moons does our planet have seven well this planet only has one I want to go to our planet yeah. like he's, he's he's it's like not enough moons yeah. <laughs> give me another planet <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's great though and like again the, the personality in these CGI creations of, of these aliens is so strong and given that they don't possess very um, humanoid traits, the fact that I, I, I feel as though you can really read what is happening uh, in their faces and in their performances uh, is, is just a testament to and the technological And then they are so alien, skill. you know, like yeah. they
2: didn't, they don't have, you know, some of them do the cheats where they have the eyebrows or the, or I think they have very expressive eyes, um, but they'll have some level of, lines in the face that can kind of represent different physical, uh, emotional reactions. You know what I mean? Mm. They didn't do this in this one. I think they just, it was mainly the eyes. You had the very sympathetic eyes. Mm. Um, But they still got it across. I mean, just, but it's also a very universal story. Like, Mm. father trying to look after his kid. You know,
0: you can. Well, it's it's just
1: like um, Captain Marvel. I mean, that was one of the main plot points of Captain Marvel. Spoiler alert. Uh, Was it? Yeah, alien dad trying to save his kid who is set up to be a oh, bad yeah, guy, sorry, sorry. turns out to be a good guy.
0: Yeah, sorry, it took me a second to... to... Rick Yes, thank you. Yeah. Secret invasion. Um, ultimately, though, this film does conclude with um, with Vickers basically deciding to to sacrifice himself or at least sacrifice his ability to be cured of this this grotesque transformation that he's going through um, to save Christopher Johnson and his kids so that they right. can launch the mothership into space. There's never a choice. Well, I I suppose, but it's... Three years
2: or stay like that forever. (laughs) Yeah,
0: okay, yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, it's still, it's an important moment for Mm. him. But it's one aspect of this film that we haven't really touched on. We've sort of skirted around the gore oh yeah the so effects it's fantastic. everybody's a balloon full of red meat.
1: Little workshop is
2: my
0: favorite <laughs> and just like it got to the point where like you know we we could see soldiers getting into like vantage points and we're going this one's definitely going to explode because he's in a prominent <laughs> I, position
2: i laughed out loud at um the leader of um the Nigerians What was the actor's name You've said
0: you uh, Well the character's name Was Obisanjo. Anjo um, uh,
2: yeah. There's this moment Where the way he dies Is like a, It's like a cerebral bore If, if, you, if you get that reference mm-hmm. uh, 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 A metal Bullet projectile Whatever Shoots Lands in his brain Doesn't go all the way Through his brain Kind of drills in a little bit And then you notice There's a wire Going from it And then a lot li- And then a bit of electricity Comes along And then it blows up his head yeah. And I was like That is so absurd for this machine to have a weapon like that when it has literally a laser gun that just instantly pops things. Uh... But I didn't care because you could tell that like the Neil Bomb Clamp was like he's the main bad guy or one of the main bad guys. He needs to die in a very specific way. You I know? feel
1: like that's also a weather workshop thing where literally oh. it's some guy's job to sit there and create yeah. new awesome ways for people to die. It's like right at the beginning, um, when what's his face protagonist face got sick, mm. Vickers Dickers. Vickers. <laughs> Vickers. Mm. So when he gets sick, and I turn around and go, "Hey, wouldn't I?" I'm just waiting for him to vomit you know, black stuff all over this cake. <laughs> Two seconds later, what yeah, happens? Is.
0: He vomits black but, stuff uh, all over do, the cake. I mean, the
1: design of the
2: guns was so good too. Mm. And it was just the right amount of like, these are weapons and you recognize them as weapons, but they're so different mm. that they're like, this is, there's no um, comparison to be, you know, God, the design stuff. And
0: then even the, the suit and the... And ah, winner knows what they're doing. The Death by Pig. That one guy <laughs> got death by phone. Yeah. Favorite was, Death. Yeah, it was it was fun. Would you guys like some trivia about District Nine?
1: Please.
2: Give us some fun facts. Yeah. Stephen. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I've got one.
0: Oh, go ahead. Can I start? Mm-hmm. Yes. I know you this may. off by heart. Uh
2: so the reason that Chalto Copley actually made District Nine and kind of came out of nowhere, uh, was because he originally Peter Jackson wanted him to film. Uh, or, or do a test film for the Halo movie, mm. as in mm. Halo the yes, game.
1: I did know that. As
2: in, da-da-da, da-da-da-da, uh, and it, the footage is still out there. And he basically wanted. He just said, "I want." To, he want to make a kind of on the ground action war movie based on Halo. Uh, and the the footage, if you ever find it, is incredible. But you can also so much see kind of the seeds that mm. would be District Nine. Um, so basically, he did this. He really impressed Peter Jackson. And then it never got made because whoever was, you know, doing it went, nah, we're not doing Halo anymore. But Peter Jackson was like, this is really good. Have you got any other ideas? And Charles Copley came to him and said, I have this idea for aliens in Johannesburg. And that became District 9.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Fun fact. So, a while back when I was in New Zealand, mm. I did visit Wetter Workshop and Weta Cave. In New Zealand? In New Zealand. Um, I went round and uh, I saw all the weapons. Mm. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> From weapons, <laughs> terrible. Um, so yeah, basically, as part of the tour, they had um, the sort of like the movement from the Halo weapons into the District Nine weapons, mm-hmm. and it's super cool. You should go check yeah, it out. Yeah, if
2: you see um, the footage, it's still out there on the internet. You might have even seen it. Uh, like they used the Needler and all these in- intricate weapons from the Halo universe, mm-hmm. and the way they just made them real is like you can see, you can see where or, or even some of the design um, inspirations are still there. Also, another fun fact. You want to know why Peter Jackson and Neil Blomkamp get along? Why? Because they both have interesting accents.
0: That's—I don't know if that's necessarily. (laughs) That's how they met. They
2: were at a party, yeah. And they were like, one of them was like, "Oh, hey, man, I'm from New Zealand." Which one's that? That that, was—I said New Zealand very specifically so that you would know. Uh, And the other one, let me just give a second for it. Went, "Oh, hello." You are from New Zealand? Uh, so anyway, you, I'm, I'm from South Africa. That's not bad. Uh, and then they, you know, everyone else was talking in American accents. And they were like, Pff. and that's also why he cast Hugh Jackman in Chappie. Was because they were like, oh, good day, fellas. And they went, oh, there's another one with an accent. It's, it's a it's a real story that I, I read about in, um, let's say, Vogue. <laughs> I, I'm well, loving that.
0: this one-man theatre show that we're yeah. getting. Well,
2: if you don't me. read Vogue, like, if you're on culture, that's, mm. that's why you don't know.
0: But it's true. The language used by the aliens, the clicking sounds, was created by rubbing a pumpkin
2: okay, did they like tap it as well?
0: I'm presuming they did all sorts of things to it, but the thing that just it just there's this pleasing image of some foley artist just rubbing a pumpkin mm. vigorously and going yeah this this will do.
2: I'd like to think in like the more intense scenes, he's rubbing it menacingly
0: Mhm. Uh, all the shacks in District 9 were actual shacks that exist in a section of Johannesburg which uh, were to be evacuated and the residents moved to better government housing. Yep. Uh, which parallels the events of the film. Yep. Um, the only shack that was created solely for filming was Christopher Johnson's shack.
1: That is horrifying.
0: I'm also going to assume
2: the um, the alien birthing shack was probably... Um, well
1: they might have ad- added things like to that shack. Like they
2: probably put some stuff in there maybe they put it,
0: they put in the dead cows but the alien eggs were already there like oh what a yeah, what a that, queen that, that do. sounds about right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um the star Shalto copley had not acted before yep. uh, and he had no intention of pursuing an acting career until of course
2: he was uh, he was part of the crew wasn't he yeah he was a, yeah
0: um well according to this uh, he stumbled into the leading role as the director neil blonkamp placed him on camera during the short film mm-hmm. uh, that was used for that yes. concept so from that thing that you discussed before, Dean mm-hmm. is where he did it. But yeah, he he had no no wish to become an he actor. Did such a good job! He really does. he's he's fantastic. Oh, such a good job.
1: Has he been in anything else?
2: The A-team, A team, the
0: A uh, movie from a couple of years he's, later. Yeah,
2: he's he's very good. He was in the A team. Obviously, he was in pretty much all of Neil Blomkamp stuff. Mm. Um, if you've seen Elysium, mm. um, good film, not a great film. Uh, he actually gets to flip it. He he plays the bad guy, so you know, mm. like that um, the. The bad guy, the military guy. Oh, uh, Kubus. He plays, kind of plays him, but even more messed up and with tons of crazy technological killing devices. It's been a long time Um, since I've seen
1: Elysium, but I think I remember.
2: He was in, uh, when Sony did Powers, comic book adaptation, where they had zero budget, and sadly it was a power comparison to the comic books, but he played like the main character in that. Okay. Uh, He's done stuff, um, and he's still out there. I think he needs, he deserves more work, because he's a very good actor. I
0: mean, he's cracking in this. Uh the title is a nod to a real place and incident. District 6 was a mixed race neighborhood of Cape Town which the apartheid government demolished in 1966 to make room for whites. Mhm. Nobody wanting to comment on that. Oh, I, I look- mean,
1: you should really just film my face journeys, I think.
0: Mm. I would be I'm so, I would be so
2: fascinated to see if they make a sequel to this. Because obviously, you know, in in South Africa at the moment, it's kind of it's 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 moving in a very interesting political direction, mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of the native South Africans have gained political power, and it's actually kind of like there's there's a there's still I mean there's racism everywhere, um, but it's you know there's there's different farmers being moved off lands and people actually coming under genuine physical threat. Um, because they're effectively reclaim, reclaiming lands that were taken from them uh, with the government's uh, full approval, but it's getting violent. Like, I'm just thinking, like, District you know, 10 or whatever, or District 9, Episode 2 or whatever, mm. could be could come out today and, and would be the aliens coming back to Earth and being like, right, it's revenge time, but then still having that political... And it would still be a perfect allegory mm. for some of the stuff that's happening. Like, I, it's exciting stuff. Mm. I mean... The concept of a movie. That, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think the reality is. It enlightens us though. and yeah. helps us to understand things through the lens of science fiction, not the actual events it's yeah. based
0: on. Excellent qualified in. <laughs> in South Africa, the last name Van de Merwe... Or Vandermeer, however it was said. Vickers' last name uh, is actually a fairly common surname, uh, but it would also be recognizable to most South Africans as the common name in a whole genre of jokes about stupid, bumbling, oblivious, or incompetent Afrikaners. The fact that Vickers' uh, character has that surname and is himself an ineffectual, catastrophically Mm. clueless bureaucrat. Well, at the start. um, yeah, at the beginning he's essentially a bumbling fool. Mm. Um that's the screenwriters essentially going, "Hey, this guy is this guy's name is Johnny Idiot." <laughs> like, just
2: <laughs> watch it. But and they, but that's just their misdirect, isn't it? They're like this isn't the main character. It's also it-
1: interesting that you know we're talking about, you know, he's a bumbling fool, he's an idiot, he's ineffectual. But when you consider what he was doing in that camp mm. before he got oh, yeah. infected, Monster. like it is monstrous and yeah. that's the sort of thing that does He's happen. so detached,
2: you know? Yeah. He's throwing cat food and, well, they and think, sweetie. They think they're helping. Yeah. Or, oh, well, I don't well, know.
1: I, I mean, mean, it didn't... Yeah. Oh, no, they
2: okay. think they're helping, uh, maybe they just don't care enough. Well, know? yeah,
0: I mean, okay, for, for Vickers, I think the way he was set up, I think at the beginning of the film, he genuinely believed that what they were doing was, was helping because, because they were either too stupid or too ineffective or too unable to help themselves because they... I
2: don't, honestly, I... I don't know. I mean, that's one interpretation. Yeah. Uh, and it's a valid one. I honestly think he, I don't think he was a good person.
0: Oh, he's not a good person. I don't,
2: I don't think, I think to some degree he didn't care. He was just doing his mm. job to make some money. I, d- I think he didn't care about the, the prawns, you know what I mean?
0: And also, have, you know, having, the, having his father-in-law as his boss kind of puts that extra pressure on oh, him.
2: Yeah. Uh, the the scene where he's like, uh, the sorry, was it Christopher?
0: Christopher Johnson. Yeah, Christopher
2: John- I love how he's got a very boring name. Well, well,
0: I I feel as though that's a name that was given to yes. him yes. because yes, yes, yes uh, that, that very much reflects the sort of behaviour that's even But it's not. In it's not even
2: country. like a very South African name. You know mm. what I mean? It's like a very kind of. Um, I think that was deliberately chosen. Anyway, uh, the scene where Christopher and he threatens to take his child away mm. for just ridiculous reasons if he mm. doesn't sign the um, you know the eviction notice yeah. or whatever. Uh, I'm, I, that's not... Mm. That wasn't the action of someone who genuinely believed that were You know, that's, that's a fair point. I, and I, he, I, he, and yeah. later on, he immediately says, you don't want to go there, those tents are horrible. Yeah. He knows. Yeah,
1: yeah he knew.
0: Yeah, okay, that's a fair point. I'd completely forgotten about that scene. Mm. And, yeah. Because
1: yeah, okay. I think the way, again, the way it's framed is at first when it's documentary style, we see him doing these horrible things, mm. you're set up to believe... Through, I think the interviews Look, that that's the horrible thing that they are commenting mm, on. Yeah, And then yeah, yeah. when you see it from his perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly he's the hero. Mm.
2: Um, and I mean, that's the cool. thing. Like, to a certain degree, he, I think he would have to have convinced himself that he was doing the right thing, mm. even if his actions didn't represent that, because, you know, nobody thinks themselves the villain. Um, so I think to a certain degree, he did believe he was doing what was right, but whether or not that meant he gave a shit about, you know, the prawns.
1: I mean the fact that he constantly referred to them as the prawns. You guys well, are even doing it too. Yeah. I will note. Yes, they have an,
2: I don't think they have a species name. So
0: well, I mean that's just the point, though. It's it's is that that is the. So and I've I've with. been very conscious of, of how I've used that over the course of this episode because that is the only name that we've been given. Mm. And but you can also refer to them as the aliens. I've clued in part it's, way that's through. Very othering that's, as well. Isn't and it? so
1: yeah, I've been, I've been choosing aliens rather than prawns because.
2: I've been... Well, here's the thing. You both haven't said prawn, but we've discussed this earlier. You two don't like prawns. I think prawns <laughs> As fan- in the actual
0: food. Yes.
2: I think prawns are fantastic. So when I refer to them as prawns, it is a compliment.
1: In mm. a delicious sense, though. I mean, oh, well, getting back to that cannibalism. That they, they
2: give us nourishment mm. um, and they help us to have a good time with our family at a barbecue. Mm. So...
1: Throw them on the barbecue, shall we? You
2: can make it morbid and about eating them. I choose to see it as more than just that.
0: All of the aliens in this film are CGI, except the ones on the operating tables in the medical lab. All mm-hmm. of the speaking aliens were performed by one actor, Jason Cope, uh, who also played the correspondent Grey Bradnam. Oh yeah. The dialogue for the speaking aliens was ad-libbed by Cope and dubbed over in post-production with Rubbin Pumpkins. So, yeah, one guy. Yeah,
2: that's right. So Copley, in the scene, would do the, the lines the the lines to bounce off or
0: uh according to this it's it's all it's all cope it's all um Jason cope so mm. yeah
2: was he in the scenes I mean.
0: Yes, it looks like it. Well, the way it's written here is that it was ad libbed by Cope at the time, so he's just there going yeah. essentially the equivalent. Because I don't of...
2: think they didn't put anyone in suits or anything. Yeah. Um, because they decided it would be too expensive to. They could um...
1: still have had him physically there. Yeah. Um, 100%. So they could have done um the technique where you do two passes. Mm. So you do the one pass with someone there. So yeah. you know you you are filming um a person who you mm. then digitally get rid of.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was then out re- for
1: that. And, re- and then add stuff in later
2: because they didn't put anyone in the scene when they was... at least what the takes they would use, because um, it's too expensive, to, at the time anyway, for the film, to take someone out and put the prawn back in. Um, and I was looking out for it when I watched it this time to see how many times they physically interact. Mm. And it's very, it's a lot rarer. Um, and the times where there is, like, that physical interaction, it's always a prosthetic or a, you know, it's a close-up.
0: Mm. Shalto Copley ad-libbed all of his lines during the documentary sequences. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's just That's him. why it felt so real.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause... I mean, that's what it needed. Mm. I think anything other than that, you know, it needed to feel awkward and bumbling and and, and on the spot. It it didn't, you know, if, it, if there was a script there, I think it would have immediately not read as true.
0: mm in addition to the original ending, uh, Neil Blonkamp shot five alternate endings for this film. Mm-hmm. One ending was apparently so embarrassing, neither Blonkamp nor Copley would say a thing about it, with Blomkamp it? stating, No one will ever see that ending. Tell us where it is. Tell the only is. thing known where about it, it at this point is that Copley got very, very dirty in the process. So, what I want to know is, what the heck was that ending? <laughs>
1: And what sort of dirty are they talking Cause about? Because he
0: got pretty dirty over the course of this film. He's covered in all sorts of weird colored goo maybe, and blood. Maybe when he that they succeeded to turn
2: him back human, and he like burst out from inside of his alien self. You know, mm. I'm gonna go with no. Yeah, maybe they just crashed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he died horrifically.
2: Maybe it was about him escaping and well, he had I mean, to go through the sewers or something? I mean
0: it's specifically that the actor Copley got very, very dirty. So I'm wondering, yeah. Dirt is in Well, that's just the phrase that's used. It's just very, very dirty. So I What don't... if
2: I saw Porter lose <laughs> <Yeah>. a lot? <laughs> what if that's how he escapes after all the hubbub dies? Is all after it's all gone crazy and the ship's fallen off, there's still a bunch of stuff going on, he's like, I need someone to hide while I finish turning into a prawn. Maybe I mean, they he showed him
0: in one of the. One. Possibly. I just. I don't Whilst get, in the poop. I just don't get why that would be embarrassing. I think l- losing yourself in the portal Portaloupu is yep. maybe slightly more embarrassing.
1: Well, it depends if you mean embarrassing as in the plotline itself was embarrassing oh, or the yeah. way they did it was so the... horrifically bad, Possibly it was embarrassing.
0: Bad. Look, Neil, shout uh, low if you're listening in. Uh, <laughs> please just end our misery. Let us know. Send us a message. Uh, info at com. <laughs> when Vickers cuts the cake. Uh, that's shaped like the MNU U headquarters at his party. He cuts out the same spot that he and Christopher Johnson blow up later to really? get into the nice. film. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good foreshadowing. Like yeah, you but say, you know he... what he
2: doesn't do later on in, when they attack the building? Vomit <laughs> all over vomit it. Vomit <laughs> blacks stuff all over it. Yeah,
0: he kind of has the same effect with the attack though.
2: Mm. He does blow up a lot of things.
0: Finally, certain spontaneous reactions of the actors were kept in the film for a greater effect. When Fundiswa steps from the vehicle into District 9 for the first time, his character reacts uh, by diving for cover. Um, the actor uh, was told that there wasn't going to be any gunfire, but when the men started firing unexpectedly, um, he, he dives for cover. So, uh, that was one. Uh, Obis Sanjo's holy shit reaction when Vickers shoots the gangster uh, was because the actor was not prepared uh, for the strength of the air compressors that blew him out of the shack. So that was a genuine holy shit from the guy that played uh, it, Love it. Um, Kubis' reaction to the truck flipping after being hit, um, the truck did not actually flip over after several attempts, and actor David James's response was the frustration of the stunt not working. So it was a bit where the stunt didn't work, and he's going, ah! And they kept <laughs> that in the film as his reaction to the <laughs> (laughs) getting flipped (laughs) yeah so yeah just just some good use of genuine reactions here. so they
1: really flipped that reaction
0: Mm. well done so uh all that remains is for us to score the film uh sarah this was your first time watching district nine what are you going to give it out of 10
1: well, I enjoyed it. It, it had some problems, um, but it was mostly, you know, good. There were moments where I had to look away because the gore was so gory. What, Although I will note,
2: you didn't enjoy the fingernails coming off, yeah, or
1: the okay. teeth coming out. It was the teeth, the fingernails, mm. and the vomit. The cat food. I could, I could deal the with the decapitations and the, the exploding delicious, heads. Mm.
2: Delicious.
0: Cat food.
1: I couldn't watch the cat food. i have like,
0: clearly never watched enough Red Dwarf. No. I mean,
1: I could smell that image.
2: Bear Grylls would tell you it's got vitamins you need to survive in the wild.
1: Yeah, nah. So, mate, because of that, I am going to give it 7.5 Death by Pig out of 10.
0: Nice. Uh, Dean, what are you giving this film?
2: I don't think it comes as too much surprise. Um, you know, we did establish as one of my favourite films. Um, I'm going to give it... 9.5 human flesh balloons out of 10.
0: 9.5 human flesh balloons exploding all over the camp. Na, 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 Hi, na, kids. Na, na. What do you need for your birthday party? I'll tell you, it's not regular balloons, it's human flesh balloons. Once they pop, they literally cannot stop. That's that's a that's an entirely fair score. I still think this film really holds up. I think mm. it's got some important, um, obviously subtext to it, which yeah. I, I think has arguably become uh, more prescient ten years on.
2: Excellent lead character.
0: I yeah, excellent lead character. Um, my, my only real qualm is about yeah the use of the um, uh, language around the Nigerians, specifically mm. identifying them. But I feel it's a it's a small gripe on what is um, otherwise just an excellent, excellent. Science fiction film, well told, and just the production values are oh. sensational. So I'm going to give it District Nine out of District Ten. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fabulous film. Yeah. Uh, and Sarah and Dean, thank you very much for watching District Nine with thank me. Thank you for having me to let me talk about it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me finally watch it after 10 years.
0: And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Hey, we've got a Facebook page. Hey, we've got a Patreon. Whoa! What? You can subscribe to this program. What? What? I did all three bits together? That's right. Uh, You can find us at Facebook by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. You can find us on Patreon by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Just type it into those little search bars and uh, you can get bonus content and leave his reviews. Do what you so, like. Just to check. What 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 are we searching? What, what What's it called again? You're looking for the Cinema Catch Up Club. Sorry, is it Cinema Catch Up? Not Club? quite. It, no, it's the Cinema Catsup Up Club.
2: Oh right, okay. Is it Catch Up or catsup Up?
0: <laughs> it's it's both.
2: So is it? What's the premise? We just watch films and eat fries
1: with cats on our laps.
2: Oh, Catsit Cinema Catsit
0: Club. I can't believe it's taken 122 episodes to improve the format. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yes, that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye.
1: Bye bye.
2: Yeah, see you later.
0: <laughs> you have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com